0: welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat and today our guest is none other than Gwen Smith. Gwen can be found at GwenSmith.net. She's the founder of Girlfriends in God, a massive online community helping women learn to know and trust God more. Today we're going to be talking, though, about Gwen's athletic journey and her fitness journey. She was a D1 volleyball player who got injured. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that injury has played out in her adult life. She now has three children who range from high school to college. And so how that injury has impacted her ability and um, ways of staying fit through her adult life. And so my heart with this episode is for all of those listening who have hit physical obstacles, whether it's an injury, whether it's illness, how can we make small steps in our fitness journey to stay on track and not get discouraged by the things that we can't do anymore? So let's just dive in today with our chat with Gwen Smith. Hey, Gwen, welcome to the Hell Mornings podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So just to give you um, or just to give our listeners a little intro to you, why don't you give us the Gwen Smith 101? And I have to say, as I was saying your name in my head, I always I really wanted to say Gwen Stefani. (laughs) I don't know if you ever get that being a musician or if that's just what pops into my brain. I don't even listen to Gwen Stefani. It's just I don't think I know many Gwen's. And then it starts with a at the last name. And I know.
1: No, okay, so I was the only Gwen growing up. And then Gwen Stefani kind of brought the name to the national, you know, international uh forefront back in, you know, the day whatever in the late 90s. And all of a sudden it was a name. I was like, "Wow, I was the only Gwen um in elementary school." So it was it was pretty interesting. But now I actually get people to remember my name by saying, they say, what's your name? I say, Gwen, like Stefani. And they're like, oh, and then they get it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So you asked about me. So essentially, I help women know and trust God more. That's that's the bottom line that's what I do I help women know and trust God more so whether it be through writing devotions uh, with girlfriends and God or writing books or writing songs leading worship singing whatever it is it's all um, just to help women know and trust God more I love it I love it and what part of the country are you
0: from tell us a little about you and your family as well
1: Yes. Okay. We you don't ended... have to tell
0: us the city. Don't tell us your address. You know, you can, be, <laughs> you can be general.
1: Okay. I'm in North Carolina and we have been here 14 and a half years. My husband and I have three very tall um, young adults. Uh, we have, an, yeah, they're. I've got one in college, one that's getting ready to graduate from high school, and then one that's a junior in high school. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Very proud about that and much of a Steelers fan. So yeah. Nice. Nice. What brought you to North Carolina? My husband's job. We I went to college in Ohio. We'll get to that cuz we're going to talk about fitness and fun. Um, But I I played volleyball in college and then went to but it, it was in Ohio. So I ended up meeting my husband there. And we got married in Ohio had all our kids in Ohio. And then we moved across the country many times in just a few years. So if you have any listeners who have gone through moves with young children, it is exhausting and crazy. But we landed in Charlotte because my husband had a job opportunity here. And we love it.
0: That's so great. Yeah, that's something that I think we're going to touch on as well, just transition and all of that. Um, so before we get into the crux of our interview today, fitness and fun, as you said, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your mornings. Do you have a morning routine? If so, what does it look like?
1: Okay, I do have a morning routine, but I Okay, if you know the Myers-Briggs personality, I'm an yes. ENFP. I'm hey, an ENFP. High five, me too. Are you really? I am. Okay, well, structure does not come naturally to me, uh, but movement does. So I guess I. it depends. My morning routine varies according to whatever is on the schedule to that particular day or whatever my commitments are. So I'm not like necessarily a morning person per se, if you have to categorize me. However, I love mornings because I love coffee. So there's my morning routine. There's no morning that does not have coffee right? Um, and Jesus. So I have started uh, routine wise to keep that first hour sacred. So there's no Instagram there's no email and electronic shutoff to keep the world out if you will except for while I'm making my kids um, their lunches because I pack lunches um, and, and I actually pack my husband's lunch too isn't that funny I know man I was hoping that in a few years I would be done with that job <laughs> no you're not I, it, it doesn't it's not it doesn't end because if I let my kids do it themselves it would not be as healthy as Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that in my own house. Exactly. So my morning routine is no electronics except for when I'm packing their lunches. I put on Pandora and put on like just a worship playlist. Do you have a favorite? Elevation worship.
0: Elevation worship. I don't know. Where's that from? Is that like from a church or is that just a worship band
1: congregation is a church it is based in Carolina, but they just have a terrific worship channel they they do write their own songs um and like two of my favorite are um uh, come to the oh come to the altar and then there 's another one that they wrote called "Do it again and both of those are phenomenal, but if you put it on a playlist in pandora then it then it pulls up similar similar songs so it'll all get something from Bethel, something from um, Hillsong, you know, so it's it's a nice blend. And you just never I, I don't know if this is just part of my personality, but I love uh, Pandora's playlist, because you never know what's coming next. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like the surprise. I, I think I go in phases of like, th- of that. Sometimes I like, you know, the surprise, I don't know what's next. But then Well, this might be old school me, but when I was little, I would buy a CD. Well, it already tells you how old I am. I would buy a CD and then I would read the lyrics and then I would decide in my head how the CD would sound. And then I would listen to it and decide if it went with what I anticipated. And then I would listen to that one CD for, it depends on how good the CD was, but it could be a very, very, very long time. And I would just dive into that CD. I don't do that as much anymore. It makes me a little sad.
1: Now, as a as a girl who really respects a well-written lyric, because I, I literally, I mean, as a songwriter, that, like, makes my heart sore, but it totally makes me laugh. That tells me so much about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love a great CD from back in the day, and I was the same way. It was play and, and just that constant replay. Loved it.
0: So you say no electronics in the morning. How do you do that? Is that sheer willpower? Do you have ways to just not get on electronics, like, you know, certain things that you you put your phone in another room. How do you, the the lure is there for all of us each morning. How do you make sure that electronics don't interrupt your morning routine?
1: My phone calls to me. Are you kidding me? I have to turn the <laughs> I mean, and especially being an ENFP, it's like, where's the party? What can we do next? Um, So I'm all about community and connection. So it's ridiculously hard. But I, I have to put it on airplane mode. Mm-hmm. Or um, if I'm going to be listening to Pandora, then it's just simply um, turning my volume off in terms of ringer. So I'm not going to hear notifications. And I really have been intentional. I think that's... um. That's been one of my key words lately is intentional. I have to be intentional to not be distracted because the nature of who I am is that I chase sparkly objects mm-hmm. all day long. Yeah,
0: me too. I'm the same. And and I I, I think I might have some sort of weird blend of personality because I do like... Routine. I like what routine brings to me. I like what habit and structure bring to me. And that could be my sporting background. I know that if I'm out on the tennis court for, you know, X number of hours that I'm going to improve. I know that if I build these habits, I'm going to get better. And so bringing that into my day to day life, even though I love chasing the sparkling things and thinking of all the ideas and all the things, I know that it's those routines that are really going to get me where I ultimately want
1: to go. Um, I totally agree with that, and in fact, you, uh, there's one part of the routine that I did not share. Though it looks different every day, I'm a journal girl, hmm. and I use my journal as a prayer journal, not just, um, not just to archive my life, which I do. But I use it as prayer um, and I keep it helps me stay focused because the nature of my personality is to be distracted all the time. So what I do is I will in my journal, I'm specific. So this is probably where the athlete in me is also regimented because I, like you, recognize that the disciplines benefit my life. I put boxes in front of every prayer, every, like, request that I'm praying for. Like, you and I, we connect with, you know, a certain group of people. And, you know, so I know the heart matters that are taking place in the lives of those who I care for. And so you know, this week, my best friend's mom died. So Mm -hmm. I have her forefront on the forefront of my prayer journal. I am praying for Tara. I am praying for her father, for her family. Um, and, And I'm writing these things down. And then as I'm writing them, I'm you're going to laugh at this. I actually have a box in front of her name. So every time I come back through that page and pray for her, I'm putting a little tiny circle in the box. I like it. It it shows me progress. It's just, it is very athlete Uh of me. And then I have another routine and here it is. This is another, if you go back to my college days, my notebooks look like this. Every day is a different pen color. (sighs) I'm so silly. I know. It's it's ridiculous. I love it. Uh, if I used pink pen yesterday, mm-hmm. I can't use it today. If I, <laughs> only, if I only have a pink pen when I sit down with my journal and my Bible, I have to literally get back up. Even if I have my coffee and I've like snuggled into a blanket, I have to get up and go find a green pen or a blue pen. It depends on what the day before was. So I can't even go every other day. The pen color matters. Yeah. Yeah, I just...
0: You know, I I hear I have certain pens that I need to use. And if I don't have that pen, then I get up. So do you have a favorite pen or is it really just the color that's important to you?
1: Well, I really like EnerGels, um, you know, the Pentel EnerGels. And I like a medium ink versus a thin Mm. line. So and I'm, I'm very partial to purple. Love purple pens and um so i just i like the good flow so i really yeah. do i love a good flow and a convincing color i don't want it to be subtle
0: <laughs> now y'all might be listening and thinking you guys are talking about pens and I'm like yes we're talking about pens because these are very <laughs> important parts of our morning routine because it's really you know we don't always want to get up we don't always want to get out of bed and 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 journal or honestly you know it sounds terrible we don't always want to dive into our bible or whatever but the little things that just make it special and fun and make it us are the things that kind of help us keep going and keep moving forward like a fun pen so (laughs) if you haven't found your pen partner your favorite (laughs) pen then you know Look for them. Try them out. Try out. You know, I usually ask this question to people like what their favorite pen is because it's important to me. Um, <laughs> and you know, so if you haven't found one, find it. It just makes it so much more fun. There's all different kinds. I tend to be a thin pen kind of person, um, mainly because I have terrible handwriting, and so the smaller I can make it, the less terrible it looks.
1: <laughs> I actually have one more part of my routine, and that is a um, a notebook and. It's because I'm an I, I'm an idea girl. I love idea and I love people. So I, my people is is taken care of in my quiet time because I'm getting with Jesus. But my ideas, I can't shut my brain off sometimes. I'll be in the middle praying and go, oh, I need to get Brad's dry cleaning. And so I have given myself uh, the most important part of my routine is grace for myself mm, <laughs> because sometimes good. in the distraction, I can actually then start to beat myself up. Like, can't you even pay attention for? Five minutes at a time, so I have learned that I need to build in grace by having a notepad and and that is to um, idea dump. so as an idea pops into my mind as I think of something I have to do that day, I write it down and then it's done, and I can get back to my um, to my journaling, to my Bible reading and so that
0: that's great. Was, yeah, that's part like of my as well okay, so you've already mentioned that you like coffee. Is there a certain kind of coffee that you like to drink, or a certain way you like to drink it?
1: Okay. Uh, yes, I like it in a real mug. I don't like plastic cups um, or paper cups if I can avoid them. I am a dark roast girl all day long, and I really, I'm. It's it's so cliche, but I love Starbucks. I'm Starbucks Italian roast. Okay, I've not tried that. I don't think. What?
0: I don't think. No. I mean, so I've gone to Starbucks and I've gotten like a latte. And
1: I've bought Starbucks coffee, but I get the Colombian
0: roast. I think that's what it is.
1: Okay, this is darker. It's more smoky. Okay. It's it's definitely on the the um, girthier. Is that a word? Girthier. I don't know, but it sounds really
0: professional. Like <laughs> like you're a professional coffee taster person. This okay, is kind of a girthy, know. a girthy flavor right It's here. very
1: girthy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's a word, but I kind of sense that, that sh- that's a right description. For okay. That. So we'll you leave. may have invented it. Who knows? <laughs> know. I'm a writer. Don't try this at home. Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> Italian rest. I'm going to have to try that because I do. I, I have discovered on our summer vacation travels where we end up staying in lots of different hotels that I never thought I was a coffee snob, but I am because some hotels we'll go to and it's like a, if a coffee is like fruity, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's a certain kind of coffee that if it tastes kind of fruity, I don't like it. I like it like when just- it's... Yeah. Life is too short for bad coffee. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay, I'm going to have to try this. Um, Okay. So let's talk. Well, before we get into it, actually, I want to just give a little caveat to everyone listening because Gwen and I are going to be talking about sports, about her athletic background. And you might be thinking, okay, this does not apply to me because (laughs) I am not an athlete. But really, honestly, we are all actually athletes in some form or fashion. Whatever we do each day requires some sort of physical movement, some sort of self-discipline, some sort of um, ability to do things well. And that's really all sports is. It is just being focused on something. It is being dedicated to something and using our bodies um, as well as we can. So whatever season of life you're in, whether you've ever been an athlete or not, in Hello Mornings, our heart behind being fit, being healthy is using our bodies um, to do the things that God has called us to do with, you know, energy and with joy. So you are an in- athlete in the spiritual sense, because you use your body to do the things that God, your coach has called you to do and to do them well. And so I want you just as we chat and talk to kind of make that connection to think, okay, well, maybe I didn't play a sport and I'm not going to think about whether or not I think of myself as an athlete or not, but I am going to think of myself as someone that God gave this body to so that I can use it for his glory. And so just make that little translation as we chat, whether or not you think of yourself as an athlete or not. Um, okay. So Gwen, let's just dive a little bit into your fitness backstory, if you will.
1: Perfect. I grew up in a, just, I was the middle of five kids born in eight years. So oh, wow. I know it was a crazy, crazy, busy household. Uh, and, but I've, we were all very active growing up. So it was very natural for me that by the time I was in high school I played volleyball and then went straight to basketball, then straight to track season and then straight to softball in the summer. We never stopped. In fact it's so funny because having athletic children, uh, as I do, <laughs> I even go to my children's practices because I enjoy it and I have to drive yeah. them anyway, right? So Same. and it's Yeah. And so it's fun. But back in the day, we used to walk to, you know, I had to walk to the junior high or whatever, or ride my bike. My parents were not overly involved. If my mom and dad, even in high school, came to one of my games, it was like, Oh, my goodness. Hey, look, my parents are here. (laughs) So different than today. Uh, But I but anyway, so I grew up in that type of environment where I played because I loved it, not because I was getting you know, crazy attention from, from the home front, which in my parents are great. It just wasn't the thing. Yeah. Same, so, same here too. Yeah. And then uh, because I excelled and, and I'm a tall human, <laughs> if you will, um, I played volleyball and then went off to college and had a scholarship. So that was really incredible um, just to have that opportunity to play ball in school and have, you know, my school paid for. So for me, it was, it was really my love and my passion. I loved just to being active, but then it also was very productive in that it did pay for my college. So mm-hmm. when I went off to college, um, you know, the goal was to get a degree to play ball and, you know, to transition into adulthood, but, but, but active, you know, volleyball was a huge part of it. So the question burning in everyone's mind
0: is how tall are you?
1: 511. So it's not exact for division 1 which I played D1 ball. I was super small for a hitter and um but you know but yeah so I'm now the the shortest person in my family. Even my daughter who's oh, wow. 17 is taller than me. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, I'm an Asian tennis player, so you know I'm <laughs> I'm knocking at five four. <laughs> uh, so, but my my daughter, my 13 year old, is actually she's almost five eight. So I'm not sure where she gets that. I guess she gets wow. that from my husband's side because she didn't get it from me. Well, that's got to help with her serving angle. It does. It does definitely. So she's a tennis player. For those listening, um, okay. So, so you went to college. You played. So, you know, I um yeah. So I I walked on at to my college tennis team and saw how, and and the school that I went to in high school it was um it's in the poorest city in the continental United States. So like, and this is tennis. So like nobody would played tennis before. We never saw the inside of a gym. We only played on the courts and nobody played more than four years. So it was really, you know, low key, nothing intense. And so then when I walked on in college and it's like, you know, four hours every single day of the week, plus hitting (laughs) the gym, plus, you know, school and everything, it was way overwhelming. And I, I'm sad to say, although I think it's the reason I met my husband and everything, I walked off the team. <laughs> um, but so, so going kind of through all that, when you went to college and you did D1 volleyball, sports and fitness were your life. Huge. Huge part of your life. So kind of take us a little bit into that. And um, at some point you, yeah, just take us a little bit into how intense that was in
1: that season. Okay. So obviously... Um, it's a it's a pretty elite thing to be able to have the opportunity to go to college and have your school paid for through athletics. So, do you remember? Now, I'm I'm gonna age myself here, but when I was growing up, on Saturday mornings we used to watch um, sports on TV. Which back in the day, the TVs had antennas, right? Um, <laughs> so, but there was this one thing when it was the wide world of sports, yes, and we would see this person coming down a sleeve. Uh, the ski slope. And and they would say something, I forget, but I always remembered a part that was the agony of defeat. And we would see this skier totally crash and I remember just, that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. It was pretty, I mean, they played it all the time and I would, every time I'd have to wince. <laughs> well, that, you know, and it was just a major blowout. And that's exactly what happened to me when I went off to college. The third, third day of practice, volleyball season is at the beginning of the school year in college and athletes have to, um, go to college early to start working out with your team prior to classes even starting. So I was a young high school graduate. I graduated at only 17 years old. Went off to college, still 17 because I'm a September birthday. So I get onto campus and I'm 17 years old and I, on day three of practice, school's not even in session yet. Day three, I go for a ball and blow my knee out. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, you have all of these dreams. I went off to college with all of these dreams, all of these expectations of what my playing career would be like, uh, what those first days of school would be like. And I ended up in surgery and then on crutches starting the first day of college with having to redshirt my freshman season. And it was absolutely, um, it was so crushing to my heart. And of course, it forced me to have to trust God in ways I didn't want to trust Him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, honestly, I feel like I can even hear it in your voice now. Mm-hmm.
0: What a disappointment yeah. that was! So, first of all, what does it mean to blow out your knee?
1: <laughs> okay, well, because sure that, that sounds that- very violent. It does. <laughs> um, it my. Okay, to blow out your knee, in my opinion, or in my experience, is to not only have cartilage and meniscus damage and and tears, but also to sever your ACL, your anterior cruciate ligament, which is the stabilizing ligament in the center of your knee. And if you're in volleyball, everything's about quick response. It's a lot like tennis, you know, Mm -hmm. very quick reactions and um, knee stability is huge so it it really foundationally, as a player, it would affect it would go on to affect the way I jumped, the way I responded to balls and quickness and so there was there was so many obstacles in um in the healing from this. It was pretty intense, so I first want to ask one
0: did you did you heal from it, and were you able to go back and play ball in college?
1: I did. You did. Okay. I did. Okay. So, and let me qualify that because as the wise 17 year old I was, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, I say that tongue in cheek. I chose, and this was back, you know, a while ago, I chose not to have my knee reconstructed. I chose to have it scoped, meaning they just cleaned out the cartilage and the meniscus, but the anterior cruciate ligament was not repaired because back in the day they used to use cadaver ligaments and it was a eight to ten month recovery and a um it was literally a scar that started in the middle of your shin and went up almost to the you know, to the midsection of of your of your thigh. So uh, it was so ugly, the cat, mm-hmm. that I was just as concerned with my leg looking decent than I was with playing. But the 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 orthopedic surgeon that I went to assured me that I could continue to play with a structured brace that would not allow me to um, to hyperextend. And so I did choose the simpler route, knowing that later on it could cause trouble in my life not having had that that knee repaired fully. Right. And so, is where we find ourselves now. <laughs> right.
0: And I think this is where a lot of people can jump in and really relate because I know so many women who, you know, maybe they don't necessarily consider themselves athletic or whatever, but they went skiing and they don't usually ski, but it was a family vacation and they blew out their knee or, you know, just all the different little things that we do and they have some sort of injury that then makes it so much harder. To think about fitness and think about exercise. And so we're going to fast forward a little bit to now and that knee injury and how it's, or maybe not all the way to now, but, um, and how that's impacted your fitness journey from that point on. So, so what happened with the knee injury? Where is it at right now? And then, um, then I have a couple more questions after that.
1: Well, I did recover and regain strength. And, you know, I was pretty focused and determined as an athlete. So I, you know, went on as if, the injury was not debilitating, and just simply used my brace. And so, after graduated from college, and even well into you know getting married and having children, I've I continued to play. I've always I played everything from um, grass doubles, grass triples, um, sand doubles, sand quads, and so I've always played even just as an adult recreationally, um, even here in North Carolina. And in the past couple of years my knee has begun to bother me tremendously. <laughs> so that has been pretty shocking to me because for some reason, I feel like I shouldn't have to have knee pain. Um, I don't, I'm delusional, cat. I'm telling you, I don't know. Um, but I coach high school volleyball now because my daughter plays on a national travel team. She will also be playing in college. And so for me, I've been coaching, but I still play with my girls. Well, the past 12 months have kind of altered that a bit
0: so um so how have you how have you dealt with that how have you i guess approached fitness in a way that allows you to keep going obviously not necessarily at the level that you wanted to but you know you could it could have been so easy to say uh my knees my knees messed up you know f- kind of forget this whole thing i'm just it's, it's just too hard how have you kept going in the midst of the injury
1: well I don't know that I'm the poster child for what you should do, (laughs) in all honesty. I, for years, when it would bother me, I would just work through it. And I'm pretty high on the pain threshold in terms of my ability to endure. So I would ice and just be like, this is ridiculous. This isn't who I am. (laughs) But it, it drove me, it got to the point, though, last fall, where I realized when I had gone I had gone to the health club and I was like, all right, I need to just really, you know, tighten up my routine so that I can prepare and and stay strong as I age. And so I had been going to the gym and, and, you know, I'd like to do body pump classes. And I always loved that. I love to do squat. I love free weights. I love to squat and lunge and do all that stuff. Well, it really started to bother my knee. And so I finally got to the point where I went to the doctor. Hello. Should have done that a long time ago. (laughs) he looked at my knee and he he said, how long has it been since you had this knee checked? And I was like, Oh, um, college. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh, and he's like, seriously. And I'm like, yeah. So he's like, all right, well, this isn't going to be pretty. And so he went on to take x-rays and then send me to have an MRI, then to go see a surgeon, an orthopedic this past fall. And so The fruition of that was that I was told I now apparently have osteoarthritis that's moderate, not mild, in all three chambers of my knee. I have bone spurs and full degeneration in the center. So I have had to, over the past um, six or seven months, fully adjust. And I'm no longer allowed to do squats or lunches and I've had to really change. So this girl who loved a good treadmill and the the stair climbing machine is no longer, I'm not allowed to do that anymore.
0: So what sort of things with a knee injury, because, you know, that is common for a lot of people, what sort of things do you do? Okay,
1: so I have been told that I'm, I'm allowed to bike and I'm allowed to go to spin class and I'm allowed to swim. So I told my, my surgeon, I'm like, I don't swim because I get my hair done and I don't want to mess <laughs> it up. <laughs> I have my priorities. So it is a stationary bike. And then I'll, I, I walk and, and I can do some jogging, um, but I'm not a big jogger, honestly, but I love to walk. And so there is, um, and so I call, I do what I call, I walk, I walk. <laughs> So I walk in and I'll jog to like three mailboxes down. That's what I'm doing. I'd be very practical. I'll be like, okay, I want to increase my heart rate here and do something to help get things going. So I'm going to jog to three mailboxes down. And then I'll walk again cuz I know I'm not supposed to do a whole bunch of jarring right. on my knee but I do want to, you know, pump up my heart rate a little bit. So that's that's one of the things I'll do. I walk. That's I, I call it. Um another thing is to recognize that not everything has to be leg driven. So, you know, I consulted with a friend who is a wonderful trainer and she said you know your core is just is is hugely important to everything as you age start planking
0: mm. okay so for those listening who might not know explain a plank
1: okay so if you if you were in proper push up position uh with a straight back abs tucked hips under straight legs and like flexing those muscles and holding tight that's a plank. you can also do it on your elbows. So for example, my sister has rheumatoid arthritis, and her wrists and um, ankles are terrible. She could not do a plank because her wrists would be in agony. But if she went down onto her elbows and allowed the you know that to, that same type of push-up position, Um, it's an isolated hold, essentially. And so, um, you know, so she could do that. So you can do, there's a couple different ways you can plank, you can do a side plank. So that would be taking that same position and going up on your elbow or arm, and having a fully straight body, straight legs, fully tucked. But that actually helps your back. It helps your abs. It helps your glutes. It helps your core, helps your shoulder strength. And so you get all of these amazing benefits to help your core, which helps us as we age. And even in, even in our, you know, thirties and forties so that we're strong and we can lift those kids. We can get them out of their car seats. We can, you know, do the things we can get the huge bag of sporting equipment as we support our kids and go to their practices.
0: (laughs) How many of you listening are sitting up straighter as she's talking about doing a plank? I am. (laughs) Maybe it's just me. Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about just the mentality of it. Has it been hard for you or discouraging for you? Or, you know, I was a D1 athlete. I should be able to run more than to three mailboxes. Has it been hard to overcome the limitations mentally that you have?
1: Oh, my goodness. It's been horrible. Yes, very, t- very hard. In fact, our the orthopedic surgeon, when he looked at my MRI results and basically said, girl, you got some problems here. I looked at him and he's, and I said, what kind of problems? And he said, you're not there yet, but we're talking knee replacement. And I looked at him and I said, that is not who I am. And he goes, that is who you are. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. So have I had trouble? Yeah, I hate it. (laughs) I, but I, and likewise, you know, I have a lot of different friends that have you know, systemic disabilities and, and and challenges that live with chronic pain or fibromyalgia and my sister with rheumatoid arthritis. And we don't get to choose our pain. We get to choose how we respond to it. I have had to process and um, acknowledge that this is where I am and that I have to work within the body I've been given or that I've, you know, within the injuries that have um, you know, that I've endured so that I can now make the best choice for this season. And really, it's about seasons. I know that I'm not in some phenomenal shape season. I have a different I have a different situation now.
0: Mm, that's so good. I love how you said we don't choose our pain, we choose how we respond to it. And I think that's that's so so good. What are some like maybe small, simple habits that have helped you to stay on track with your fitness, you know, despite pain, despite all the moving, the little kids, all of that?
1: Yeah. Well, if I'm a betting girl cat, I would say that your listeners probably a lot of them have challenges that would keep them from having regular workout routines. But mm-hmm. so and and it's intimidating because we will see someone who's got this like kick butt body and they're like ripped and just gorgeous with these flat abs. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym and I'll be on the treadmill for 20 minutes. And then I still look like this. But so I would say this is don't be discouraged. Start small. That's one thing Mm -hmm. is allow, uh, allow a small start to be okay. There's a a saying, um, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. yeah Um, so start small, uh, plank your age. Okay. So this is, (laughs) I'm, Okay. Wow. I, okay, I'm gonna tell you. I'm 47. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I'm 42. We're close. Okay. I'm 47. And so here's another thing. I'm a Keurig girl. We're gonna bring coffee back into this. Okay. Do that. Okay. I'm a Keurig girl. So it takes a, it takes about a minute and a half for that cup to be filled. I can plank my age, and have my half and half out and everything every time I fill my coffee cup. I like that. So and here and and then I'm practical. I. Um, I am an iPhone girl, but you know, any type of smartphone you have a, um, on the clock setting, there's a stopwatch. And so I will set that to 47 seconds because I'm 47 years old. I'm just a nerd that way. I know it's so silly. Um, (laughs) But, but it's a thing. It's a routine. And so I'll set it to 47 seconds and then I will get into the plank position while the coffee's brewing and okay, there we go. And we'll, and I'll just hit it. And then once it's done, I mean, I, I like smile. I am in my house by myself just smiling going, "Aha, I just made good use of that coffee time. I mean, seriously, otherwise I would just sit around going, come on, come on. Yep. Or check go, your phone or right? whatever. Yeah. I love yes. that. So you can plank your age and I have two to three cups a day. So if I get three planks in at 47 seconds each, that's actually pretty awesome. Um, so I, and, and then using my smartphone just to do tiny goals. So if let's say 47 is my number now. So um, I have steps in my house. I'm not supposed to do too much with regards to deep bends because of my knee being pathetic, but <laughs> I can do 47 seconds of going up and down my steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, and go, I can go hard because that gets my heart rate up. And as long as my knee is not inflamed, I'm still, I can still, you know, manage to do what doesn't cause me pain. So I, you can do stairs like three times, five times, 10 times. And this is in your house. So you don't have to have a uh, gym membership. You right. don't have to, you know, it's practical. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I absolutely love that. I mean, I am all about tiny goals and small habits and the things that we can just actually do. And I love how uh, you tied it to your coffee. So uh, uh, Charles <laughs> Duhigg he wrote a book called Habits, and he talks about how the the three phases of a habit. There's the cue, the routine, and the reward. And so your cue is to put the little Keurig cup thing in there, and your routine is to get down and do a plank, and then your reward is your cup of coffee and that feeling of I just made good use of my time. So I just you know I love that. And so whether you use a drip coffee maker, whatever you do, I think that's a great. A great routine.
1: Okay, think about this though. If you use a drip coffee maker, that probably takes like six or eight minutes. (laughs) Right? You're like perfect. You're going to be so ripped by the end of. Oh my gosh! You can do you. My cousin (laughs) lost a ton of weight and got in shape using her stairway in her house and a hula hoop. She would watch television. (laughs) So curious. She would watch television and use her hula hoop because she heard that she could, and it changed her core, everything. I'm telling you what, it was amazing. <laughs> it's just a matter of doing something yeah. and being intentional. Again, that word. And, and my, another thing that is very practical is get outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if and, and I have allergies, so I'm all right now on oh my word. It's like, I'm sneezy girl. But I still, for me, I know I'm able to bike. That's one of the the parameters that my body can handle. And and then or walk, but I also use that as just time to worship. Again, there's my Pandora mm-hmm. playlist. That's when I'm listening to podcasts like yours. That'll just feed my heart and soul. Um, but just getting that fresh air and and doing something productive. There's just something that's amazing about that. That's another practical thing I do.
0: I love it. And again, there's no cost. You don't have to drive anywhere. You're not necessarily going to the gym. This is all just super practical stuff that you can do. Whatever you know, situation that you're in. And and I just think that's so huge because kind of like Dave Ramsey talks about the debt snowball, I think there's also a fitness snowball. You do that forty seven second plank and then maybe you're less likely to put extra creamer in your coffee. Maybe not. Yes. But maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're more likely to grab a glass of water after you finish your coffee. I, I think there's definitely an element when our when we start focusing our brains in one direction, then we start um, I mean that that kind of just expands our brains to notice more things about that one direction. Kind of like the whole, you know, you're shopping for a minivan and suddenly there's minivans everywhere that you never
1: noticed before. <laughs> totally. And I'm a water girl. That's another thing. But that's intentional. And I found that I drink more water, two situations, if for me it's room temperature yes. and has and lemon in it. I love lemon, but also a straw, a straw. If I put a straw in my water, I drink probably three times more water. Oh, that's
0: very interesting. I'm a not straw person, but I am a certain kind of water bottle person. Like, I like to chug water. I don't know why. I just like to drink mass amounts in short amounts of time. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not a sipper, I guess. But, you know, kind of like we were talking earlier about the pen. It's just the little things that make it easier for us, that make it fun for us to make these great choices that we want to make and that we know are good for us. And even though it may seem small, it may seem silly, those are the small things that just make it so much better. They're like our little stickers on our potty chart, you know, that, exactly. we, that we do for, for little kids. Uh, just having that straw, having that certain color pen, planking while we wait for our coffee to be ready, whatever it is working with whatever our limitations are whatever our injuries or our obstacles I hurt my shoulder a while back and um had to do I used to have a two-handed backhand and um, had to adjust to learning how to do a one-handed backhand so I would go oh. out and look ridiculous playing tennis because I would have this <laughs> great forehand and then I would have this super wimpy one-handed backhand because I'd never done it like that before but if we can just ex you know take whatever our limitations are and be like okay And not going to let
1: it stop me, I'm just going to figure a way to move forward. And you know, one other thing that has been very helpful to me lately, and a lot of I mean, if your listeners are big computer girls, I am as a writer, and, uh, you know, uh, a speaker, I'm always preparing things and dealing with social media and everything on online. And so you know, posture becomes an issue, and whether you know, no matter how okay, I'm sitting active, up straighter now. <laughs> I know, I know, me too. My abs are so engaged right now. Um, <laughs> but one thing that my chiropractor, I, I really stretching is so important. But one of the things that my chiropractor has said is when you're always hunched over on your computer, you need to reverse that. So he has taught me that. I need to go lay on my bed and let my head dangle off the back. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Mm. Like you lay on your back and literally just let your head hang for a minute or two at a time. And what it actually does is it makes me stop. Um, And like I said, as an ENFP, you know, I'm always like chasing sparkly items. I don't slow down very much. I am an energizer bunny. So to make me lie horizontal facing, you know, the ceiling with my head dangling off the bed what it does is it stretches the muscles um below my neck and the top of my chest and it is it is reminding my shoulders that that there's not just one direction for them which is forward and slouchy it is reminding them to open that up and and it's just a healthier posture you know if you do combination of planking and that head, you know, that kind of I'm going to call it the head dangle. I don't think that's it <laughs> clearly not to not a technical.
0: <laughs> I think when I hear that, I just think of my kids reading books. That's how they tend to read books, hanging, you know, weird positions off of couches and things like that. So that's if you want to do that while reading a book, you can do that. You but could do that. Yeah, I love that because you don't even have to get out of bed. I'm I'm getting really funny pictures of you because I'm like, <laughs> does she ever actually walk at her house? Or is she always on the floor doing a plank, dangling off her bed? <laughs> but I it's such a you. simple, simple thing to do that, yes, is so good. We are always hunched over things. And I love the idea of just reminding our bodies that there our shoulders that there's another way that they can go that's so good. Um okay, what's one encouragement that you would give to a woman listening? Who's thinking, okay, I really I want to get healthy. I want to have more energy and take better care of my body. But it just feels kind of overwhelming with the obstacle that I have, whatever that may be, whether that's sickness, whether that is an injury, whether it's just lack of desire. What encouragement would you give to the woman listening?
1: Well, since my primary focus is helping women know and trust God more, the very first thing I would say is be still. Before you try and figure out a plan of action, be still before God and allow Him to sift through the the things in your heart, the things that would clutter your day and your life and take precedent over it. And ask Him to prioritize, to help you to figure out and determine what is healthy, what would be a, a good choice, because we are given our bodies as a gift from God, and they are to be used to glorify him. And so it starts. um, In fact, one morning when I was still, um, it had been busy fan season. So obviously more like, you know, spring, summer, fall. And I had shut the fan off. And as I sat there just in quiet, I looked up and the fan I noticed that the blades were so dusty. Oh, my gosh. But it took Mm -hmm. me shutting the fan off Mm -hmm. to notice that there was dust on the blades. And I sat there and I looked at that and I was like, "Ew! I got to clean that. So, of course, I want to get up to clean it. But then it was like the Lord just tapped on the little door of my heart that morning and said, hello, this is you. Mm-hmm. You're always running, you're always going, you're, you know, but what I need you to do is be still before me so I can show you the dust in your life. And so I, I would say the first step even towards being active and and figuring out a fitness step is to, is, is to really get with God and, 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 and contend with any, any type of dust that's settled on your heart or, you know, things that have overshadowed what's really important and wellness is really important. So, um, first steps are: do something small. Plank your age during your coffee while your tea's bring, two, tea bag is three to four minutes is the average steep. Um, make a make a decision to, you know, do something as simple as okay, um, I can do ten squats, 10 lunges and 10 up downs um for my staircase while my tea's steeping. I mean, so just be practical with those little times. Use your phone, use your the stopwatch that's on your phone and it makes it for me. Like I do the same thing if I'm cleaning out a closet, you know, if I want if I want to tackle a closet. Okay, I'm going to say 10 minutes. I'm, put, I'm setting my clo- my timer for 10 minutes. I'm not going to finish the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll have moved the ball down the field, made some accomplishment. And um, so give yourself grace. I, I guess that would be the big thing is, it's, you know, your routine may not be regimented. Like, I don't know, every, one day from the other, I travel, I speak, I, you know, I sing, I, I go with my daughter across the country for volleyball. And so every day looks different. Grace, grace, grace. Um, allow, give yourself grace, but then not to make poor choices, but to make the healthy choices as it fits into the scheme of what today brings.
0: That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. And I love how you said it's not grace to make poor choices, but really just the grace to keep moving forward, no matter how small, and be okay with those small things. Especially if we've been more active in the past, or we feel this certain limitation right now, it can be so hard to not just be discouraged by that limitation, but to just have the grace to be like, okay, I'm just going to move forward, even if it seems small, even if it is unimpressive to everyone around me. I'm going to do this, you know, forty whatever second plank or thirty whatever second plank, however old you are, Um, just to do those small things. I love that, and I really love how you talked about being still because we could dive into a wellness journey with the complete wrong perspective and attitude that will only leave us discouraged and comparing and frustrated. But if we dive into that journey with the focus that God wants us to have, um, I, that can just completely transform our ability to walk in wellness and to, to increase our health and to, to be more uh, full of energy. So I think that's a brilliant, a brilliant tip. Uh, Gwen, where can people find you online and where can they connect with you
1: online? I am, my community meets at GwenSmith.net and I love to interact with people on Instagram and all of my social media, Instagram, Facebook, it's all at GwenSmithMusic. So Instagram at GwenSmithMusic, Facebook.com slash GwenSmithMusic. But yeah, GwenSmith.net, you can remember that. Because as a volleyball player, I had to hit it over nice. the net. Did you
0: pick that because of that? Or is that just the connection you made later? Yeah, that's a whole other awesome. story. No, yeah, <laughs> no. That's You awesome. don't even
1: want to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Gwen, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your story. I really appreciate it.
1: It was a total, it was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll talk to you later. Okay, we'll see ya. Bye.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed our
1: chat today with Gwen. And if you need
0: any more resources for your morning, be sure to check out the Hello Mornings book. You can download the first chapter for free at hellomornings.org forward slash book. And if you want links to anything that we mentioned in the show today, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode over at hellomornings.org. Just click on the link for today's show right there on the homepage. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast.
1: It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king place my heart begins to sing it's gonna be a good day a good day filled with his grace his grace and sweet new mercy may my thoughts obey jesus to walk in his way
0: This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.